재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Some years ago I started calling myself Ginger Peter Sherlock Rosemary Emmanuel The Archbishop of Canterbury You may know me better as The Real Slim Shady Rumoured to be the new signing for Westminster and the Thames. And I just love to ride horses. But only if the Banjo Union Bolt has been corrected. First chapter. It is time again for first chapter. We read you an excerpt from a different book every Sunday morning, usually from the exposition. Today, I'll be reading from Ping Pong by Pang Min-gyu. Writer Pang Min-gyu is known for his experimental prose and his narratives that weave in and out of fantasy. Many of his works have been translated into English, including his short stories, Castella, Raccoon World, and Is That So, I'm a Giraffe, and his novel, Pavan for a Dead Princess. We've read an excerpt from Pavan for a Dead Princess on first chapter a year ago, the clip of which is available on podcast. Today's Pang Mingyu novel, Ping Pong, is about two kids in high school nicknamed Nail and Moai, who live under the thumb of a school bully called Chisu, who turns out to be not just an exceptionally cruel, perverse bully, but involved in illicit activities that go far beyond the imagination and resources of your average high school bully. Nail and Moai take up ping pong as the one thing they can enjoy and claim as their own. In the excerpt I'll read today, Chisu disappears after a stormy night full of activities disturbing, even by his standards. I'll be back with the story after Miss Misery by Elliot Smith. I'll fake it through the day with some help from Johnny Walker Red. Send the poison brain down the drain to put bad thoughts in my head. Ping Pong by Pang Min-gyu. I didn't find out until after the storm ended that Chisu had gone in hiding. The storm shed 815 millimeters of rain, left 5.5 trillion in damages, closed all schools for three days, liberated us from being rejects for three days, and disappeared into the East Sea. Yo, Nail! One of the gang called me over. His reasons for summoning me were as disparate from Chisu's as the difference between hey and yo. Yo, Nail, listen. In summation, he wanted me to come up with some money to help Chisu. One million won for me, three million for Moai. Due in two days. It was then that I knew Chisu disappeared. Chisu disappeared. Chisu disappeared. It sounded like a twin Mustang hitting 81.5 decibels overhead and disappearing over the East Sea. Do you know about F-82Gs? I didn't mention the million or three million one as we climbed down the dark, cramped fire escape until Moai said, You're quite knowledgeable in that area. I had completely forgotten that I used to be the kid who knew World War II like the back of my hand from the general history to the name of every battleship and fighter plane. You could say my childhood had its unusual moments. As it turns out, it did. As it turns out, 
I didn't need to know. Jisoo is now gone. I no longer cared about the one million one. Who cares if I don't know the name of the twin Mustang? Who cares if another world war breaks out? Jisoo has disappeared. Jisoo disappeared. Two of the gang went into hiding with Jisoo as well, so the remaining three were beginning to talk. They each had different theories as to what happened. It didn't matter if any of the three were right or not. Even they couldn't care less. Who cares? That's what I'm saying. Honestly, it didn't matter. One of them asked, What are we gonna do now? He lit a cigarette and said it was all over now, but really, it wasn't. Soon, everyone had their own version of what happened. Did you hear? What? Jesus got worms. Who cares? Who cares if someone was bullied or murdered or killed herself or disappeared? That's just how people react. 60 billion. There are too many individuals out there for humanity to look after each of them. It sounds strange, but there are definitely more individuals than there is humanity. More diverse. I believe so. The individual, therefore, is an animal completely different from humanity. A disparate species. No one can inform humanity of one's affairs. It can't be helped. It's not exclusion, it's removal. I murmured as I walked to the field. What is? Asked Moai. Being a reject? It's not exclusion, it's removal. From other kids? No, from humanity. Life is a continuous removal from humanity, like flesh being carved off. Everyone tries to be good to humanity because they're afraid of it. They pretend to be the majority and crawl into humanity's flesh. It doesn't matter, said Moai. That's true, I nodded. He climbed down the hill to see the field unfold like the broad back of humanity scrubbed clean by the storm. The table was still in one piece. A corner of the sofa was leaking, but the plastic cover was dry. Moai tested the sofa by carefully sitting on it. Dry? Dry. We rested for a bit and then took out our rackets. I'm happy, said Moai, his head bowed. I felt the same way. We could play ping pong without getting beat up. It seemed the construction site took a hit during yesterday's storm. The steel structure of the building was visibly damaged. Are they stopping construction? I murmured, looking at the unmoving crane. At that moment, the world stopped. Ping-pong. The world started up again with our first rally. At first, we didn't say anything, but we soon fell into a rhythm and started talking. It was a peculiar experience. Words came out the moment one of us received the ball, and words stopped as the ball went over the net. Measure by measure, we kept exact time, like call and response. To say something longer, we had to wait for the next beat. The words followed our movements and without the other's permission, the conversation would stop. It felt fair. So this is what they call a conversation. I was finally able to understand what Secretan had said. When I write it down, it sounds like a very normal conversation, but I knew for sure. 
My brother, who lives in America. Actual brother or cousin? Cousin? What about him? Someone shot him. Why? He just counted from one to four and got him two out of four times. Is he dead? He's dead. Do you think he's ever played ping pong? Who? Your cousin. Do you think he's ever played ping pong before he died? I asked, wiping my sweat. Well, said Moai, turning his racket this way or that to examine the rubber. We were taking a fair break. He's probably played soccer or baseball. That means he's lived without meaning. I nodded. It probably wasn't fair. No one passed the ball to him, or he had to pitch 90 balls all by himself, and then bang, 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 bang. Humanity, how could you? The sound of twin Mustangs flashed through my head again. I looked up at the sky. Had Mari ever played ping pong? A cloud was floating by. It looked like an individual separated from a typhoon the size of humanity. Do you think rally is open? I don't know. Maybe. Sekretan was right about owning your own racket, said Moai, spinning his racket like a pistol. That's awesome. I practiced for two days straight. It wasn't easy to spin my penholder racket. After the sweat cooled off, we reluctantly started thinking about one million versus three million. What are you going to do? Moai said nothing. Of course, I had no plan either. I made a list of things I could sell. Game console, CDs, books, etc. All of my possessions combined only amounted to about 200 to 300,000 won. I don't know. Three game memory cards with all the levels cracked added another 50,000. There was no solution. I don't know. I shook my head. The cloud became increasingly round like the ping pong ball we had just rallied with. Why are we here? What? Us. Why do we have to live like this? Money. We have to come up with a certain amount of money by a certain time, or we have to be something by a certain point, like making it to the 10th grade by the time you're 16 or whatever. And we don't even know why we're doing it. It's just occupation, being occupied. Couples have children together, then raise them together even when they don't like each other, like every country builds an embassy, people come over to your place unannounced and demand food, and then thank you for it, and then say goodbye, and cry when they die, even if they aren't really, you know. And there are people living all the way down in South America. My cousin, said Moai, spinning his racket in the other direction, worshipped a writer named John Mason. John Mason? Yes, John Mason. The day he was shot, he was searching through used bookstores in the back streets of Chicago looking for John Mason's first novel. The back streets were... Well, anyway, it couldn't be helped. Mason wrote the worst third-rate novels that you can only find these days in second-hand bookstores. My cousin made a literary genealogy of Mason. Hemingway had an imitator named Spencer. Spencer's imitators were Herring, Sam, and Margaret, who had Nick, Chet, Bob, and Manson. Manson had three imitators, one of whom was Mason, who was categorized as a third-rate novelist. 
My cousin wanted to be Mason's one and only imitator. Well, he's dead now. Today I read from Ping Pong by Pang Min Gyu. And the tracks we played in between were Ping Pong from Armin Van Buren, followed by Forever Unstoppable by Hot Shell Ray. This week's quote is from Wicked by Gregory Maguire. Galinda didn't often stop to consider whether she believed in what she said or not. The whole point of conversation was flow. Once again, that was from Wicked by Gregory Maguire. We have arrived at the end of our show. To learn more about next week's topic, please visit our website. I'm Jamie Chang. Have a wonderful week, and I'll be back next Sunday at 10 a.m. with another brand new installation of The Bookend. Taking us out is Where Are You Now by Mumford and Sons. We came to the end, it seems you had heard. As we walked the city streets, you never said a word. 